Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Monday with Miles, Speaking of Precision. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to tackle the challenging topic of the Paycheck Protection Program. Just for clarity, this is being recorded before the Memorial Day holiday when this podcast will air. So uh, just wanted to let you know that this podcast is being recorded prior to Monday, Memorial Day. It's being recorded on May 21st, 2020. Thank you, Carly. I just thought that was easier. I just wanted to make a couple of things clear up front. That was one I hadn't thought of. Well, I'm sure there are a few more things you want to be clear about, because you know what, Miles? That's the way you are. So what do you need to get off your chest before we delve into this Paycheck Protection Podcast? First, I want to protest. I am a grudging participant. This is complicated. It has taken an inordinate amount of time by all of us here at PMPA, our partners like Franklin Partnership and Fisher Phillips Group, for our members and for our shop owners to deal with. It's complicated. If I had my way, I wouldn't touch this topic with a 10-foot pole, not even somebody else's 10-foot pole. We actually created an entire section devoted just to the Paycheck Protection Program on our PMPA COVID-19 webpage. Okay, so you made that clear. Let me make this clear. Listeners, that was really aimed at me because I happened to notice how popular the subject of PPP was, and I asked Miles to create this podcast, and he did. And thank you, Miles. So what's your other point? Well, I just want to be be sure that our members understand that I'm really not an expert. I'm not playing one here in the podcast universe, but I am familiar with the program and the concerns from the perspective of small manufacturing businesses. I'm not an attorney, but to be fair, my MBA does give me a boost when trying to make sense out of some of this stuff. It's definitely complicated. One of the complications that many folks might not remember is that the Paycheck Protection Program isn't just about paychecks. It's also about utilities, transportation, and some other costs, which we'll explore later in this podcast. Well, it is called the Paycheck Protection Program, so we can't really fault people for thinking that. All right, then. With that off my chest, let's dig in on the paycheck side of this topic. Many questions remain that Treasury and the Small Business Administration will hopefully clarify in a pending interim final rule and guidance that we expect to receive this week, tomorrow perhaps. We believe more information is needed on the safe harbor for employers who had employees that chose not to return who were offered employment. So they still don't have an interim final rule yet? We're expecting it this week, Friday, tomorrow, before this podcast airs, just as the application itself for uh, the loan forgiveness came out last week on Friday. The most important development 
from what I can see from this latest loan forgiveness document, is that they kept the 75% on payroll costs, but allowed the eight weeks to align with a payroll period. Aligning a payroll period, what is that about? Well, Carly, you know calendars are not my strength, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and get through this. It involves the details of when pay is earned and when it is paid. So here are a few bullet points that talk about payroll costs and what's involved. Payroll costs are considered paid on the day that paychecks are distributed or on the day that the borrower originates an ACH credit transaction. Payroll costs are considered incurred on the day that the employee's pay is earned. This caps a total eight-week compensation for any individual employee or owner at $15,385 per individual. If you did the math, because as an MBA we're supposed to, that works out to eight, uh, eight weeks of pay at $100,000 annual salary. For administrative convenience, borrowers, that's employers, who have a bi-weekly or more frequent payroll schedule may elect to calculate the eligible payroll costs using the eight-week, 56-day period that begins on the first day of their first pay period following their PPP loan disbursement date. That's called the alternative payroll covered period. For example, if the borrower received its PPP loan proceeds on Monday, April 20th, and the first day of the first pay period following that PPP loan disbursement is Sunday, April 26th, the first day of the alternative payroll covered period is April 26th, and the last day of the alternative payroll covered period is Saturday, June 20th. Whoa, okay, that's a lot to keep in mind. Um, drivers out there listening to this while you are driving, don't worry, there is going to be a handout available on our website so that you can capture all that data. So that's a lot of details to understand on payroll. You said there's more to understand than just payroll though. So on the loan uh, forgiveness application they, they released that I'm working from, they call these eligible non-payroll costs. Here's the Cliff Notes version or the Miles Short version. For the non-payroll costs eligible for forgiveness, covered utility payments include electricity, gas, water, transportation, telephone, or internet access for which service began before February 15, 2020. The Cliff Notes version seems pretty reasonable. I agree, but as they say, the devil is in the details. For example, eligible non-payroll costs cannot exceed 25% of the total forgiveness amount. Count non-payroll costs that were both paid and incurred only once. Take mortgage obligations. Here's the details. A. Covered mortgage obligations, payments of interest, not including any prepayment or payment of principal, 
on any business mortgage obligation on real or personal property incurred before February 15, 2020. That's called business mortgage interest payments. So the date paid is an issue? Yes. Similarly for rent. Covered rent obligations, business rent or lease payments pursuant to lease agreements for real or personal property in force before February 15, 2020, business rent or lease payments. Would that also apply to utilities? Well, that's where we are really hoping for some additional clarity. We really don't know what they mean also by transportation. Here's what they say. Covered utility payments, business payments for a service for the distribution of electricity, gas, water, transportation, telephone, or internet access for which service began before February 15, 2020, business utility payments. Transportation, I'm not sure what that's about. And what about telephone? Is that like reimbursing cell phones for employees? We really don't know about these areas yet. But let's do a thought experiment and say that, yes, it is a reimbursement for employees' commute expense, just, just as an example, or for their parking, cell phone reimbursement, or maybe internet reimbursement. So what if your employee is already at the maximum of salary, that 15385 number, uh, that's the max for eligibility forgiveness? Do they lose the reimbursement for these other expense categories because they're at the max? If I was an attorney, I'd argue that expense reimbursements are not compensation. But as I said earlier, I'm not an attorney. You are not an attorney. True. All right, that's a crazy situation, but you'd been talking about dates. Let's get back to those pesky dates. An eligible non-payroll cost must be paid during the covered period or incurred during the covered period and paid on or before the next regular billing date, even if the billing date is after the covered period. I'm not sure what that means, and I just read it. Eligible non-payroll costs cannot exceed 25% of the total forgiveness amount. Count non-payroll costs that were both paid and incurred only once. Our shops then have to itemize or document all of these expenses and then certify to the federal government their actions. Okay, so these are all of the requirements on our shops? This is not all of the requirements our shops face. We wish it was that simple. Here is a small sample of what our shops really have to certify. This is a quote. The authorized representative of the borrower certifies to all of the below by initialing next to each one the dollar amount for which forgiveness is requested. Bullet point one. Was used to pay costs that are eligible for forgiveness, payroll costs to retain employees, business mortgage interest payments, business rent or lease payments, or business utility payments. Bullet two includes all applicable reductions due to decreases in the number of full-time equivalent employees and salary hourly wage reductions. Bullet point three does not include non-payroll costs 
in excess of 25% of the amount requested and I have to tell you, does not include non-payroll. Sounds frighteningly like a double negative to this guy. <laughs> Next bullet point, does not exceed eight weeks worth of 2019 compensation for any owner employee or self-employed individual general partner capped at $15,385 per individual. Well, that seems pretty complete. Well, that's just the start. That's what goes on the application. Check this out. You certify that, and I quote, I understand that if the funds were knowingly used for unauthorized purposes, the federal government may pursue recovery of loan amounts and or civil or criminal fraud charges. End of quote. There's more. Verifying the payments, submitting documentation, and SBA reserves the right to request additional information for the purposes of evaluating the borrower's eligibility for the PPP loan and for loan forgiveness, and that the borrower's failure to provide information requested by the SBA may result in a determination that the borrower was not eligible for the PPP loan or a denial of the borrower's loan forgiveness application. And now I'm glad we're doing a podcast on this topic. It certainly needed sense made of all those different requirements. Well, grudgingly, I thank you for holding my feet to the fire on this. I really wanted nothing to do with trying to explain this, but talking it through with you should give a bit of clarity to our listeners when they sit down with the 11 pages of this Paycheck Protection Program Loan Forgiveness Application. In teeny tiny font. And that wraps up today's discussion about the Payroll Protection Program. Happy Memorial Day. We hope you're enjoying it safely and with people that you love. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org. We have a COVID-19 page and a special section just devoted to the Paycheck Protection Program. PMPA members benefit from PMPA's offerings in other areas, including education, problem solving, resources, networking opportunities, benchmarking, and updates on recent trends. Don't forget to join me next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles, when we'll have a very special guest.